from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. We're chatting TV and movies. King of the nerds, Adam Ross, back with us on a Friday. And I tell you what, Adam likes to get his shirt off for the old selfie, but nothing like magic. Mike, uh, you went to the premiere. Adam, did you wear a shirt? Yeah, well, look, um, it was suggested that maybe I get in the aisle and join the strippers that were at the <laughs> premiere at that stage. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding a really fine line between film critic and male uh, review dancer. I don't know what's going on in my life right now. <laughs> but look, tw- 20 bucks is 20 bucks, you know, and I will, I'll accept it. <laughs> uh, the premiere, though, did you, did you love it? I mean, it was very opulent in, in Melbourne at the cinemas. Look, man, I think that um, the Magic Mike films get a little bit of a bad rap because ostensibly people are going, this is just a skin flick. But I actually think that there's way more going on under the hood than these movies and people give credit to. When Steven Soderbergh's original film came out, I really felt actively that there was so much male-dominated cinema, stuff that was just reverse-engineered that was like Fast and Furious Marvel movies, all this stuff. And I'm like, where is the counter-program for groups of women to go to the cinema and enjoy, you know, something? And then the movie came out, and look, and it was a relatively low-budget affair for what Soderbergh normally does with like Ocean's Eleven and stuff it went gangbusters I mean it's a viral sensation it's now basically you know part of the cult of cinema and then number two came out which some people rag on but I actually really like number two and I think that it's a really fun hangout movie but number three is effectively this is My Fair Lady with Channing Tatum and uh, it's basically his fairy tale and you know I think that this is I think this is probably the strongest film out of the lot I think that it's got a lot going for it Selma Hayek is phenomenal in this movie and I think that they have an age appropriate romance I think that there is really progressive dialogue here that is you know um, it's not on the nose I think that it knows its audience it wants to please them and there's something you know really celebratory about the world of dance and how we communicate in this way and look you could some of the choreography in this movie is so wild you could hear like a pin drop the audience was when they weren't hollering they were gasping so you know like look if you you know and i think the magic mic is this it breaches a line where yeah it's a movie for for women ostensibly but i think dudes go like yeah okay i can get behind this it's kind of cool you know so i think that they nailed the landing with magic mike's last dance Now, we've been waiting to see this one. It's been talked up a lot. The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Did it live up to the hype? Look, I think that this is... uh, I think it's a very good film. I think that this is definitely the most polarising film of last year and this year and this kind of entire award season. And this is because this is about a housebound morbidly obese man and a man who has very little time left on the clock and brendan fraser here is playing a character that is trying to get all of his kind of emotional affairs in order this is a very bleak intense movie um it's made by darren aronofsky they gave us uh such you know feel-good classics as requiem for a dream and black swan so you know kind of what you're getting when you go into the cinema but uh, you know, people have said that this movie is fat phobic, that it's this and it's that. I mean, like all pieces of art, I would first and foremost say to everyone, actually see it and make your mind up about what it is. I can't speak for Aronofsky personally, but studying his work and being a fan of his work for a long time, I think that he is very, he's very fascinated with human addiction. And I think that this movie is kind of effectively saying, if you're punishing yourself in any capacity, whether it be with drugs, food or alcohol, because you feel guilty about someone that you have let down in your life, that's self-penance. That's, it's not going to work. And, you know, like, and there is a lighter chance there's something better that you could be doing with your life um but yeah so i mean there are people out there that are giving this one stars people giving five stars brendan fraser is you know i mean this is his comeback vehicle and he is extremely engaging in this um you should just know that it's heavy but look if you want to be challenged check it out now if you want to scare the black phone out on binge 
Yeah, look, I thought this is one of the best horror movies of the last couple of years. It has an enormous DNA of Stephen King. It is written by his son, Joe Hill. Mm. And it's, you know, it transfer. it's got that kind of that it factor where, yes, there is a supernatural threat here, but the bullies and the other kids, you know, and even the parents are actually scarier in King's world. And so this, uh, you know, is about an abducted child who has got a kind of, yeah, like a tenuous connection to the other world with this uh, titular black phone. And Ethan Hawke, who has kind of reinvented himself over the last decade or so into a really freaky kind of character actor, there seems like nothing that Ethan won't do to challenge himself. And this is definitely one of his kind of like craziest creations. He's really terrifying as, you know, the grabber, this guy that kidnaps kids. So it sounds nastier than it probably, the film's like, you know, it's violent and whatever, but it is also very entertaining and kind of is more of a thriller than say like a, a gore horror or anything like that but quite an effective film that is out on binge and then truth is often stranger than fiction this next one is absolutely bonkers you get about five minutes into this true crime it's not true documentary uh gunter's millions on netflix (laughs) and i mean this story you cannot make this stuff up it is bonkers. Yeah, I mean, you got me onto this. You're like, dude, you need to check this out, right? And then I'm like, man, do I need to watch this doco about a rich dog? You know, and then like 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm hooked into this thing, right? Like, um, you know, there is a conversation that we have about where is your point? Where can you be bought? Where will you sell out? What would you do for certain amounts of money? And you see that in real time in this documentary. Like these people, their entire life is predicated on this bizarre lie. Like, Let's not mince words here. There are people that are starving in this world, and this dog is having gold leaf filet mignon for breakfast. You know, like people are facilitating this fantasy, this fantastical thing. Like, I mean, it's kind of like you're watching it, you're going, what is going on here? You know, like you wonder if you were to be on a celebrity's payroll or part of their entourage, like, you know, what would you do to stay on that? Now, what would you do if it's a dog? Like, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, but this, this doco, it's so bizarre. Like, I mean, these people tried to form a pop group, you know, they bought Madonna's house, you know, like, I mean, you, the, even when entertainment reporters are in archival footage and they are reporting on this story, they're scoffing. They can't even believe that it's true. You know, like, I mean, so I know you'd be thinking, what is, what are we talking about here? But basically this, this, you know, crazy countess who fell in love with the dog so much that she left in a really ironclad legal bound trust her estate to this dog and the dog's descendants have been inheriting the trust and so that these people i mean some of them are parasites some of them are dog lovers there's it's really interesting what's going on they all tend to all of gunter's needs and yeah this is bonkers <laughs> if you want to see a dog try to spend 400 million this is the documentary for you it is absolutely insanity but i insanity. can't stop yeah. watching i cannot yeah, stop watching. Mm. Uh, adam ross it's always good to catch up and we'll check in next week my pleasure pablo the feel good start to your day this is pablo for breakfast it's